Welcome to Crossing the Finish Line. I'm your host, Jay Jacobs. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Crossing the Finish Line. Our goal with this show is to introduce you to the people and ideas that will inspire, educate, and support you to create a life you love and live it well. Today's guest is Terry Clinton. Terry is the executive director of the Summit YMCA in Summit, New Jersey, and she's responsible for inspiring and leading her staff to support over 10,000 members of all ages. I first met Terry right after the new year in 2017, and in April of that year, I was honored and excited to join Terry's team as a wellness ambassador and navigator. So I've experienced firsthand Terry's amazing transformation. Right about this time, Two years ago, Terry started what has been for her an inspiring mental and physical transformation. Now, people know that her, they've seen her physical transformation as she's lost over 100 pounds. But the biggest transformation for Terry is what people can't see. And that's the discovery and mental transformation she's experienced to date. And that's what I've asked Terry to share with you in our chat today. So, Terry, thanks again for your willingness to share your story, as I've come to see firsthand that one of the most powerful things that inspires others to start living life well is to hear how others like you have done it, continue to do it, and how they intend to keep on doing it. So what I want to share with you and have you share with others is kind of we're going to talk about your present, like what's going on now, and then we're going to do a little bit about your past and then talk about your future. But Uh, One of the things that I've found in navigating people is that if I can get them to really pay attention to what they're doing now, and we kind of live in that space, it makes a big difference. So, Terry, share with us, like, where you're at now, and what kind of does, like, success look like, and how does it feel like for you right now, where you are today? So, currently, I don't necessarily diet. I try to eat healthy. Even when I was losing weight, I wasn't considering it a diet. I try to just eat healthy and exercise. So um, where I'm at now, maintaining my weight and trying to still lose a little bit of weight because I had um, a little bit of gain over the summertime. So just trying to get back on track and and be to where I was before the summertime hit. So you've lost the weight. Uh, Your maintenance has been really good. And I get it. It's back and forth a little bit at times. But overall, what I've seen with you is you have a very – determined and what I say, honest and positive attitude. You're very different than when I even first met you because I saw you in early stages. Like, how does all this feel? Like, like, what are the feel? Like, how do you feel about yourself or people even noticing you or asking you questions? I feel great. I mean, at first it was a little awkward when everyone was saying, oh, you lost weight or, you know, not pretending not to notice because they weren't sure if I was sick or what Mm. have you. But I mean, I feel good. Um, I like the way that I'm able to, I have different clothing now, you know, I I like weighing less, obviously. I think most people probably would. Um, but I think it's, it's interesting now because I'm at the point where people are used to seeing me the way that I am. And every once in a while, I'll see somebody who hasn't seen me for a while and it will remind me what I've gone through and what I've been through and where I am now. Great. I find that a lot of people like yourself that have made amazing transformation, people always say like, what did you do? Like, what are you doing? which really is a translation for what do you eat? That's typically what what goes on. So as you know, I really don't concentrate a lot on what you're eating and how you're exercising when I have a conversation with somebody. It's something that, that I know and I support people on, but I'm really always spending time in the mental area. But because people are going to still want to know, this is all great, but they're going to kind of know like what, like what's a typical day or a typical week like for you, kind of in the world of like 
eating, drinking water, exercise, just in general. I mean, not specificity. So I dabble in different things. So some days I won't have breakfast and I'll have one meal a day kind of towards the later end of the day because I find that eating late at night is a trigger for me and I will just continue to eat if I start eating later at night. So nighttime eating is one of my biggest issues that I've had and probably will continue to have until I conquer it at some point. Um, but I, so I generally will have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but like I said, I dabble sometimes and, and do intermittent fasting or something like that, depending on um, how I feel. I'm trying to teach myself how it feels to feel hungry, mm -hmm. so I try to only eat when I'm hungry rather than just eating to eat, um, and I religiously exercise at least six days a week, sometimes seven with a small walk or something, um, but I, even this morning I was like, oh, I don't feel well, I'm not going to exercise, and where was I this morning? I, well, I did something different today, right? Yeah. So I rode and I rode the bike. You know, I, I did the row machine and, and a bike rather than the treadmill or, or weights. But so I do try to exercise at least six days a week. So I know you've been successful. Um, and so what works for you? What doesn't work for you? And kind of mentally, like, how do you overcome challenges? Because I, I have to imagine that this has been almost two years. So things have worked, things haven't worked. There's been challenges. Like, what? What does that kind of look like? We have to. Re I have to remain as a positive mental state. Um, consistency for me is everything. If I don't have consistency, I don't achieve much. You know, I have to. I have to get up in the morning and exercise. I will never exercise at the end of the day. It's just not something that I'll do. So if I don't do it in the morning, I'm not going to do it. Um, even with meal prep the day before, if I don't meal prep, I end up eating things I shouldn't be eating. It's not well thought out. I prefer. I have a lot of rules for myself, so I prefer to be very rule oriented because it works better for me. Yeah. Um, most people are like, oh, you measure your food and, and things like that. Oh, I don't want to have to do that. Well, then don't do that. That's what works for me. It doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. Um, but I, like I said, since I have rules for myself and I follow those rules, when I don't follow those rules is when I have slip ups and things like that. And you know what? It's not the end of the world when you slip up because... When I do, I look back and think, okay, well, you slipped up every day two years ago. You know, mm -hmm. now you're slipping up once in a while. Or I don't regret things that I do because why would I waste my time regretting something when I can just move on and make it right the next time? So I try to be consistent and set myself mini goals, things like that. When I don't have goals and I don't have anything I'm working on is when I become a little bit, you know, ambivalent towards things and I'm not necessarily moving in the right direction. Got that. So I got what you're doing mentally overall. Um, not everybody does it, but sometimes people use technology. And I, I obviously, knowing you, I do know you do that. What are the technology tools that you kind of use that you found that really work for you that might help other people? So I use, I have a Fitbit, okay. um, which I've had for years. And I continue to wear, even though I have an Apple Watch. And the two things don't talk to each other, but I pretty much religiously check both multiple times a day. Um, they both give me different sense of satisfaction. The Fitbit going over 10,000 steps a day is always what I'm aiming for. And my Apple Watch, I try to close all of the rings every day. Um, and, you know, they both give you awards, which is very motivating to me. So it's something that I try to do. And then I have a few other little things. I use like an, an app that measures my steps and gives me gift cards for certain amount of steps and things like that. And I do challenges with other people. So I think just having something to 
move towards motivates me. What was that? You sh- I saw you post about that um, that app. What is that app again? Achievement. Um, so it's an app that it you reach ten thousand steps and or ten thousand points. Yeah. Um, which takes me about six months to reach ten thousand points, and I'm getting over ten thousand steps a day. So it's not you know it's not going to be immediate. But every six months, I get a $10 gift card, and I get to choose where I want it to, Amazon, what have you. They have different things. Um, And then they do surveys, too, so you can get extra points by doing surveys. So currently, I'm doing a survey on gut health. So every morning, they send me a survey, and I answer a few questions. And at the end of, I think it's either four or six months, but at the end of the the survey time, they send me $70. Actually, they've sent some some gift cards already, so it'll equal out to $70 at the end for answering a question in the morning. That's pretty impressive. So as far as in the present for people, like what are the things that you think? Now, I know like it's your journey, which is not going to be for somebody else. But what I find is that, you know, that one of the quotes I love is what's most secret is most common. Um, from your perspective, like what are the things that you have seen for yourself? And even since you're around a lot of other people all the time, people do come to you being executive director at the Y. They ask you questions. From your perspective, what are the crucial things that you think really make a difference for somebody to whatever their transformation is? Like, what would you say are the things that would be powerful or helpful for them in terms of them and on on their journey? I think you can't take off too much at one time. Most Mm -hmm. people can't. um, They can't add so many new things into their life and be successful. You know, you have to start with one or two things and try those and build habits with those and then you know, move on to other things. And, you know, for me, consistency is everything. And if I don't set myself up in the morning to be consistent throughout the whole day, it's just, a, it's a wreck by the end of the day. And I think knowing people, it's like, I'm very good at understanding how people operate and watching people. Consistency works for most people, but a lot of people can't get on board with it. So, you know, finding the level of what you will do and what you can do is important because if you set yourself up for failure, you're just going to stop before you even get there. You know, and, and something I just realized, too, about a year ago, um, I got excited when, you know, I got to see that there was this big box at the Y and it said in body on it. I'm like, oh, my God, I know that machine because on, on the Biggest Loser, we had a lot of things that w- would measure our body composition. And that really helped us go forward. You're pretty relentless in terms of between either the, the actual in body that we have at the Y as well as the app. Um, I know you're not a slave to technology, but it's been interesting because you've gotten to see the scale move. But I think one of the things that that I notice is you really you kind of like where you can see how your body composition has changed. And I think that's a, been a big game changer. I know at the Y we've had like I think over 1,400 people that have actually used the machine. And some people are afraid of it, but but we found more and more people are starting to get used to it. What's been in the scheme of things? How has that changed whatever maybe in the past when you looked at the scale and you lost 10 pounds but you didn't really know what the 10 pounds was how does the embody support you and when what you've done so far yeah and i wish we would have had the embody when i first started to lose weight because i would see so much more but we didn't um so but it's when i was losing weight i was very obsessive with the scale um not healthy probably but very obsessive Sometimes I'd get on the scale five or six times a day. Mm, um, wow. And every morning I'd weigh myself. And the night before I'd be like, oh, I'm two pounds heavier, but I'm going to be lighter in the morning. So it was a weird obsession I had with the scale. And it was with my weight. Um, when I step on the in-body, I really don't care what my weight is. I like to see the other 
numbers that come up, you know, my muscle mass and my body fat and my visceral fat and things like that. Yeah. That's more of what I look for. And I watch the number in the, in the top right hand corner that tells you your lean body mass to your, the body fat that you need to lose. So when people, I think get very obsessed over the number that they weigh. Um, and in the end, it, it's a number. It doesn't yeah. matter. It, it matters. You know, I know people who weigh less than me and I wear smaller clothes than they do. So it's interesting. It doesn't matter what you weigh. It matters yeah. what your body is composed of and whether or not you're hydrated. Because if you're not hydrated, you're going to weigh less. Yeah. If you have water in your system, you're going to weigh more. So people are like, oh, I can't drink water because it's going to make me weigh more. Your body needs water. So, you know, it is interesting, though. But I wish we would have had it when yeah. I first started because I'm sure. And I wish I would have taken measurements of myself, which I never did. Yeah. Yeah, your story is very similar to a lot of people. It doesn't happen for everybody, but I find for a lot of people, they actually, for the first time in their life, they get some freedom around the scale. And we tell people that there's no good or bad numbers. It's point of reference. It's just like a balance sheet. Like, we got something to work with. So if you're going to spend a lot of time doing something at the, at the Y or wherever, it wouldn't make sense if you actually could see what the progress was or wasn't. And we get we can course correct. So... That's great because you've given everybody a pretty great view of the present, which is when I'm navigating people, that's really one for them to pay attention to. Uh, people a lot of times like to go back to the past. What do I do? Like there's a whole thing about what I did wrong. You know, how do I correct that? I don't want to do it in the future. Um, so I don't pay too much attention there, but I make sure that we don't let, leave things in the background. But just for the sake of getting people to kind of think about that a little bit. So in your past, most people that have been challenged with their weight have done things. Um, in the, in your past, just in general, what worked, what didn't, and what seemed to trip you up? I know this morning we were talking a little bit about it. I have had the same issue. A lot of people had the same issue about binge eating. But, you know, besides binge eating, anything else for you that you noticed? Well, the funny thing is, is I never tried to lose weight beforehand. Mm. It was never something I didn't want to. I didn't care, whatever it was. I don't know. I was just never that in tune with trying to lose weight. And I'm sure I tried to lose weight here or there, but... I never tried any of the fad diets, those yeah. kinds of things. They make me very nervous. I'm the kind of person who doesn't want to put anything in my body that might harm me and that mm. kind of stuff. So I never really tried. Um, but I, I did end up gaining weight because of nighttime eating. And I don't. I didn't realize it at the time. And I realize it now that I will binge on something. And I have some triggers that create the binge. Um, and I feel it come on. And sometimes I have control of it. And sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, so this story, like I, I was still to this day shocked when you told me the when you started back in December of, of uh, 2000, what was it, 16? You said for three months, and I think you were on real appeal, three months that you stayed on real appeal. The scale, this was before InBody, the scale never moved. And then something happened and you started to move the scale. But I, I was like, I've heard a lot of you know, transformation weight loss stories. It's hard enough for people to do it for a day, a week, a month, but for you to spend three months of time and quote unquote, nothing happened. And then you stuck with it. And then after that, whatever that was, then something happened. Well, tell us about that. Cause that's just a fascinating story. So, and I think it didn't bother me that it didn't, the scale didn't move. I mean, it was frustrating at times, but I didn't, I didn't let it bother me because 
I was spending time um, weighing my food and packaging and meal prepping and that kind of stuff gives me such great pleasure. <laughs> I know it sounds so weird, but I yeah. like order. I love doing budgets. Like I, these are things that are exciting to me, which people think is very bizarre. Mm. Um, but I find it calming. I like those kinds of things in my life. So measuring out my food every day and eating a certain meal plan every day and trying to achieve the right amount of protein versus carbs and those kinds of things was very enjoyable to me. So I didn't care that I wasn't losing weight. Um, and not to say, like I said, I didn't get frustrated at times, but, and it was over the winter and I don't like cold, never have. So at the end of February, I started to exercise and my exercise was just walking three miles a day and I was not walking at a fast pace. Um, my pace when I first started walking was probably, you know, a 19 minute mile, 18 or 19 minute mile. You are a fast um, walker. I am a fast walker Very now, <laughs> but I was not at the time. And then the weight just started to come off and, um, you know, I hit plateaus just like everybody else. Um, but I've found ways to get around plateaus or make them go away or just live through them until they go away. So, but yeah, the whole three months didn't bother me. I also think it was helpful because um, from someone who didn't try to lose weight before, eating in a certain method and exercising all at once probably would have set me up for some sort of failure in my mind. So the eating healthy and measuring it out and getting used to that for three months and then adding exercise in when I already built a habit with that yeah. was probably easier for me in the end. Yeah, you shared that this morning and I it really struck me because... Um, I know for myself, I've done both at the same time. And I think that that advice is extremely powerful because I think a lot of people really don't get the power of that. And it's definitely worked for you. And I think it can work for more people. You kind of like some people will be motivated by eating better and some people will be motivated by exercise. It, it really depends. And I think that's an important distinction for somebody to, like, where are you going to start and don't beat yourself over it. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have anything else going on and, yeah. you know, you're not working you're not in your this is what you're doing as a full-time thing and losing weight is might work i mean i've got ten thousand other things going on at the same time so i think adding one thing at a time is very helpful so as we're going to kind of wrap this up um we've really spent a lot of time about the present which i think is the most powerful thing for somebody to make a transformation delve a little bit into the past um the whole point of when i call the show crossing the finish line um it's really the idea of Sometimes for some people, it's like a baby step of just drinking some more water. Maybe it's getting a little bit better sweet sleep. Maybe it's exercising or eating. When I mean crossing the finish line, it's like, what is that thing that you could do now that you would complete? And it doesn't mean that you're done because, as you know, your whole journey is never done. When you said you set up goals and things that keep going forward. So when I'm working with people, I'm really wanting them to understand that it's going to be a series of these finish lines to cross. Sometimes they're simple. Sometimes they're longer. Um, but that's what I mean by calling the show that. So. For you, um, you know, I've seen you because I've been in some of the classes with you. You've taken on exercise and strength training in ways that probably still surprises you from where you used to be. Um, you have run a ridiculously, back to the thing you don't like freezing, you ran a ridiculously great time at a 5K. What was crazy cold. It was really wicked. Um, so... What in the next year, and then maybe even, I don't know if you thought five years out, but but in the next year, like what's a big, hairy, audacious goal for you that you're going to be living into, finish lines you're going to be crossing within this next particular year? What would you like to share with us about that? 
So since I'm the kind of person who only shares something that I'm going to do. No, that's true. That I know once I, know. I say it, I have to do it. It's one of those rules. <laughs> um, I won't I won't agree to do anything until I'm there mentally to do it. So I decided in the past week to run 12 5Ks next year. So people are like, oh, one a month? Well, potentially one a month. It's not, I'm not that ridiculously rigid. Um, but I have to finish. I would like to finish 12 in the next year. So... Um, might be two or three a month at times, who knows, depending on what the weather's like. I'm not going out when it's wind chills of nine again to do a 5k. I couldn't feel my feet until the second mile. Um, but I, I do want to run more. I find I like running. I never thought I would say that, but I like running. And I think it's cause it's something I can do. Um, when you lose weight, things become so much easier at times. So now that I can run, I never understood the mentality of people like, oh, I'm going out for a run. Now I'm like, oh, I'm going out for a run. Um, I just think it's it's something that's enjoyable to me. Um, past that, I don't know. And because I don't put things out there until I know I'm going to yeah. do them, is is five years would be hard for me to say what I was going to do. And I, I really don't know. What I love about that is um, what you just shared is why when you go on this kind of a well-being journey, a lot of it you discover literally down the road or you discover it when you're, you know, in the middle of a race and you don't think you have it and something comes up for you and you do. And I think that's what I would say to people is that whoever you think you are today is nowhere near what you could be if you actually would take some of those first steps. So um, that, that's a great way to, to close on the future. And I totally understand. Five years is hard to understand because look at what how different you feel about who you are in the past year, past two years. So, Terry, thank you again for sharing your story. Um, and as you know, um, if you'd be willing, I'd love to have you join us for another conversation to continue to update many finish lines that you will have crossed, because um, I think that's one of the things that's important. Many people will lose weight or m make a change, but it's that longevity. And I think it's important for to come step back in later on. We could look at six months, a year from now and see what you've learned as well. So if you'd like to learn more about Terry's journey and follow her journey through social media, Please visit couchkills.com to watch this video, to listen to the podcast, see a gallery of Terry has agreed to let us have some of her before and after pics because it'll help her and help others kind of see, you know, where she's come from and where she's gone to. And most important, as we talked about here, to see what Terry's up to next. So I want to thank you for being here. And as I say, um, tag your all it to get out there and to create a life that you love and to live it well. So thank you very much. Crossing the Finish Line is produced by Jay Jacobs and Gloria Aaron in association with Jordan Aaron and music is by Kevin McLeod by Incompetech.